Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. Collegiately speaking. Walks into the end zone. Punches to the end zone. This is Collegiately Speaking. With the voice of Northwestern football and basketball, Dave Enning, and former Northwestern star quarterback, Dan Persa, is Collegially Speaking. Let's go. And welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of Collegiately Speaking. Dave Ennett with former Northwestern quarterback, Dan Persa, as the Cats get set for the regular season finale This week in Champaign against the Fighting Illini on Saturday after we all stuff ourselves with turkey on Thursday. It's a tradition. You get full on Thursday and then uh, it's Northwestern in Illinois on Saturday after the Wildcats beat Purdue this past Saturday 23-15 to win back-to-back games for the first time this season to become bowl eligible and to finish up with a a 5-1 record in what now we can say officially was their final season at Ryan Field. And, uh, Dan, uh, all of those are pretty significant milestones for this team. They'd been back and forth alternating wins and losses. Uh, They had uh, not been to a bowl game since 2020. They're going to a bowl. They're assured of that now. And now they have the added opportunity to end the regular season on a three-game winning streak and – get back the Lana Lincoln Trophy, which Illinois has held for the last two years. So plenty on the line for him this week in Champaign. Yeah, I think, you know, first and foremost, credit to the guys and Coach Braun. I, I think if if you told us that they didn't have a chance to to beat Illinois and win seven games this year, we would have looked at you sideways given everything that went on and, and the start to the year. But again, credit to the guys. They, they really banded together and have, have continued to play well. And, you know, Purdue wasn't the cleanest game, but they're certainly playing some of their best football and have been, have been improving pretty much every week. Um, so, again, credit to them. And I think it, the Purdue game, while you know, it was a huge milestone for them, it, it certainly didn't make it easy on the fans or, or the folks rooting for them because it was, <laughs> it was an ugly win, but you know, wins are wins. And I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more. But um, it, just congratulations to Coach Braun and, and the guys. You know, having another opportunity to, to, to you know, go to a, a bowl game and spend more time together um, is something they'll cherish for a long time. We're going to visit with the quarterback, uh, Ben Bryant, here in a few moments. Last week, we talked to Coach Braun, and that was right before the university removed the tag and named him the full-time head coach. And just the reaction, Dan, from the players, from people close to the program, you could just tell that maybe there was a little sense of weight lifted off their shoulders and also just... just uh, really uh, elation over the decision and because i think that this has been a real smooth transition i think the players really went to bat for him they they showed their emotions and and where they stood as far as coach braun and the university administration heard him yeah i think it's an interesting time in college football where um as we've talked about talked about in the past the players do really have a lot of power right and they 
you know, effectively through the way they played and, and the way they pushed for Coach Braun, you know, got him hired as as the coach. Um, but again, that's not to take anything away from Coach Braun. He's he's done an unbelievable job. You can tell, and you know, from our interactions and, and our show last week, how humble and how how good of a fit he is for Northwestern. Really, a heavy developmental guy, which Northwestern certainly needs. So. Um, yeah, again, it's it's a huge huge weight off the shoulder of of the players and and team and removing some uncertainty. Although there will be you know no doubt changes in in the offensive staff as Coach Braun makes it his own, which you know he should. Um, but you know a huge a huge thing to get get out of the way and and they'll be able to enjoy these last couple of months. And also defensively, he he made it clear this week. He is not going to serve the dual role of head coach and defensive coordinator last year. Very, very uh, next year. A tough job. I mean, no question about it. We've seen Matt Eberflus uh, with the Bears doing the same thing this year. Uh, it's 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 hard to do both. There are coaches who have done it, but he made it clear he's does not think he would be serving the program well at all to continue calling the defensive plays next year. So he'll bring in or he'll appoint a defensive coordinator for next season. I thought it was interesting, Dan, that he was asked this week uh, where he's changed the most since the opener at Rutgers. And he said it's been learning to delegate because I think that's very tough for a first-time head coach. And I remember uh, Pat Fitzgerald, his first year as head coach, and he took over the program rather suddenly after the death of Randy Walker in 06. And, you know, I, I do think that's a tough deal for guys to learn is, is you cannot do it all, even though your instinct is to try to do everything. Yeah. And I think in, in both coach Fitz's situation and, and coach Braun's, you know, they were sprung into to action, didn't expect to be the head coach as quick as they did. But I think even, even more so in coaches, coach Braun's situation, he didn't really know anybody that well, right? He right. got there a couple months before, so, you know, whether you want to believe that you can establish trust so quickly, you know, it, it takes time, right? You know, he doesn't know Coach McGargle. He doesn't know Coach McPherson and, and the other coaches all that well. Um, and I think it's a credit to how fast he developed those relationships and, and put trust in them um, to, because they're great coaches, right? And let them do their thing. And I think it's it's a mark of a, a smart, you know, humble, well-rounded coach to say, hey, look, I can't do everything. You know, college mm-hmm. football um, is such a demanding, a demanding job to be the head coach. Um, and you need to have guys, you know, calling the defense, calling the offense. I think you've seen it a little bit more on offense where guys can still call the plays, but not as much in college football, right? right. That That's more of an NFL thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's the things that I like that he said was that I like that he was going to, you know, evaluate every coach and basically said every, every, you know, coaching position is open, which I really appreciated. Um, because he should have the, the opportunity to make this team his own, right? While he, he has inherited a great program and a, a great culture, he should still be able to put his stamp on it. Um, but at the same time, he also said, look, you know, so many guys have, have come into programs and said, this is my defense or this is my culture and failed quickly because they don't adapt to the players. So he made it very clear that he's going to, you know, the players come first and everything is kind of molded around that, yeah. which again, I love. It's pretty good for, for a guy who has been in that job uh to figure that out and and basically look a head coach today and whether it's the nfl or college football and whether it's fbs or fcs or division three uh you're you're the head coach maybe less so at some of the lower divisions but you're the ceo right and and a lot of your task is 
is external stuff too. I mean, it's speaking to alumni groups. It's uh, dealing with the media every day. And, and of course, dealing with the day-to-day stuff that comes up with 100-plus players where they'll have various issues and you as the head coach have to address those in, in some cases. So there's a lot on your plate as a head coach that when you were a coordinator or an assistant coach, a position coach, you didn't have to deal with before. And I'm sure that's an education process for him. Yeah, hundred percent. And again, I think, you know, I don't know coach Braun very well and I've met him a couple of times and obviously we had him on the show, but I've, I've liked everything he said, you know, I've, I've appreciated the way he's handled the kids. Um, uh, so I, it's two thumbs up for me un- until otherwise. <laughs> so he's, he's done a great job. All right, let's get to our guest. Snap to Bryant, rushes on, heaves it down the right side, going for Cam Johnson over the shoulder, catch in the end zone, touchdown! A beautiful throw from Ben Bryant to Cam Johnson, and the Wildcats lead it 20-3. to Well, that was uh, just two games ago up at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin, as the Wildcats beat the Badgers and then followed that up by clinching a bowl appearance this past Saturday with their win over the Purdue Boilermakers. Dave Ennett, Dan Persa here. We're pleased to be joined now by the starting quarterback for the Bowl Bow Northwestern Wildcats at Alliance Township High School, number two for the Cats, Ben Bryant. Ben, thanks for taking some time to be with us today. I, I know it's a hectic time. It's a hectic week. You got Thanksgiving coming up. You got the battle for the hat on Saturday, but uh, we appreciate your time. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's exciting to be with you guys today. Well, it's been an exciting season, and uh, I know that uh, being back out there at Wisconsin was something that really meant a lot to you. You've been sidelined. How how frustrating was it for you to be watching from the side when you couldn't get out there and play for those uh, four games or so? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, um, especially as a senior, being my last season. Um, it's tough being injured and not being able to be out there with your guys, but I think I learned a lot um, from being on the sideline, just trying to be more of a, a leader and um, helping helping the build in the Brendan Sullivan. And But it was good. It's good to be back. Now, I have to ask you, uh, at the end of the game on Saturday after Purdue, uh, you were a man very much in demand, the media, and you're you're trying to celebrate with your teammates. I, I think you had some friends, family on the field as well. And there was one moment there, I think, uh, I think it might have been uh, Big Ten Network was trying to do an interview with you or something. You were surrounded, and uh, people were grabbing it to pose for pictures. Well, it looked like pandemonium from where we are, nine stories up. What was it like for you? Oh, it was wild. It was wild. I, I, there was people everywhere, everyone saying different things, and everyone was just so excited. It was cool that everyone came on the field at the end, and um, all my family was there, so they enjoyed it, and it was just a great experience for everyone. Ben, Dan Percy here. Thanks again for, for joining us, and congrats on a, an awesome season. It's been fun to watch. Um, maybe you. take us – make it – Take us through kind of your maturation and understanding of the offense, and and you know as as the year has wound on, you, you've you know really excelled coming into the Wisconsin and, and Purdue games. Um, maybe talk about your getting up to speed on this offense and and what you you like to do best um, under center. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely been a challenge for me um, coming in in like mid June and learning everything. Um, it's, it's challenging to learn a 
entire playbook that quickly and um, getting just comfortable with all the guys on offense. Um, so that was a def- definitely a big challenge for me. Um, and I think as the season's gone on, I've gotten more and more comfortable with it. Um, and Coach Jake has done a great job of just calling the plays that I'm comfortable with. We have great conversations every week in our quarterback room, um, whether it's me or one of the other quarterbacks. We talk about things we like and don't like, and he does a good job of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, personally, I love I love to throw the ball. I love to sit in the pocket and throw the ball to our playmakers. we got great receivers, great tight ends. Um, but I love, to, I love to sling the ball around, that's for sure. Yeah, maybe talk a little bit about your your receivers um, in in particular. Obviously, you guys have, have come a long way, speci- specifically with Cam and and AJ Henning. Um, in the last couple of games, it's it's really shown with them all making big plays when you need them. Maybe talk about your the camaraderie there and, and the development of of that relationship. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I think we've developed throughout the course of the season is just our communication. Um, uh, every time we come to the sideline, we're talking about. Um, whether the, the corner is inside, outside leverage, he's pressed off, like what, what they see out there. Cause I, I can't see everything all the time. And, um, they do a good job of telling me what they see and um, what they think is going to work. And I, I do the same for them. Um, but I think we, we are just, we're just on the same page a lot. And, um, they've made a lot of big plays. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of times I'm throwing them 50, 50 balls and they're, they're making the plays. So, um, we, we kind of feed off each other and they make me look good. I make, I make them look good. So. Um, it's one of those things where you kind of dream of as a quarterback to have guys like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, going into the Illinois game, obviously this is kind of you're playing with house money, just just you know already bull bound, but trying to improve that position from an offensive standpoint. What are what are the things you need to improve on from Purdue, and and what are you really trying to optimize against Illinois with? Yeah, I think I think it's really just about consistency the whole game um, against Purdue. We we started really fast and then just kind of hit a lull there in like the second and third quarter and um it wasn't anything that the defense was doing differently it was was a lot of self-inflicted wounds um but uh, when you're playing a man team like like purdue and illinois is also a man team the margin for error is a lot smaller so um we gotta be precise with with ball placement we gotta we gotta do a really good job of blocking up front and then the receivers need to do a good job of winning versus man so that's that's a really big emphasis for us this week I want to go back to your receivers for a moment because I still go back to that catch that AJ Henning made at Wisconsin, and and not in in any way, Ben, to disparage the pass. It was a great throw, but I I, I still look back at that and wonder how he came down with the ball. Did you think that he'd caught it? Or did you were you even able to see it after you let the ball go? Yeah, I mean, it was not a good pass. <laughs> it was not a good pass. <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of underthrew him, and I mean, I, I I was holding the safety, and then I looked out there, and he was already like forty yards down the field. I kind of misjudged. I forgot how fast he was, honestly, but <laughs> um, he was he was down there, and I, I kind of underthrew, and he just made a great play, and he's got a little cast on that hand because um, he he has a little a hurt wrist right now, but um, yeah, I mean, he made a, a phenomenal play, and he's. Like I said before, he's one of those guys you could just throw it up and he's going to make the play. He always tells me, just throw it up like I'm going to play, and um, I'm confident in him to do that. All right, you're, as we've talked about, you went to Lions Township, went to Cincinnati, Eastern Michigan, back to Cincinnati. Now you come to Northwestern for your final year. You got family, friends. Like, like, what's your rooting section like at an average home game, just for people from uh, from the neighborhood and from your family? 
Oh yeah, I mean it's always a it's always a, a headache for me trying to get tickets <laughs> for home games. I mean my my parents and grandparents and high school friends and teachers and coaches are all hounding me for tickets, and that's always that's always the most stressful part of my week, to be honest. But um, oh, it's, it's awesome to have that support and be able to finish finish my career here at home. All right, so we've we've always heard that. Uh, this game means a lot more to guys from the state of Illinois, such as yourself. Uh, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I have to go over the the uh, the roster for the Alana. I don't know if they have any LTHS guys on their uh, on the roster currently, but uh, but still, I'm sure you know a lot of guys who went on to play at Illinois, and and we've heard how much this means to this team for a lot of reasons. But how how much uh, of a focus has there been this week on getting the hat back to Evanston? Oh, yeah, it's a huge focus. Um, I honestly wasn't super aware of how big the rivalry was. Um, I knew about it in high school and growing up, but when you're kind of around guys in the locker room, you kind of hear about it more. And um, I mean, they've, they've talked about how the game didn't go the way they wanted to the last two years and um, how we got to get back on top and um, this is a, a huge game for us. I mean, we want, we want to get the hat back. We want to get the, the seven wins, and um, that'd be a huge momentum for us going into a bowl game. No doubt, and and beat your rival. I mean, that's always a, that's always a thing, right? Yeah. So, all right, Ben. Listen, we appreciate your time. It's been great watching you this year, and uh, we appreciate the the time you spent on our post game shows with Ted Albrecht, and uh, and and thanks. And we will look forward to seeing you in Champaign on Saturday. But thanks for taking the time. Of course, sounds good. Thanks for having me. You got it. Thanks, Ben. All right, great visiting with Ben Bryant, and uh, well, he—I think he's—you uh, know—he's being a little hard on himself on that past AJ against Wisconsin. I know he says it was underthrown, but he did get the ball there and let Henning make a play, and hey, he's done that a lot. And I mean, I—I I know that it wasn't uh, things kind of bogged down a little bit in the second half on on Saturday against Purdue but I also think it's it's tough you know Purdue like the Wildcats they were coming off their best game a week earlier they lost their starting quarterback for this game and it kind of changed what I think Northwestern expected Purdue to be on Saturday I think you know, all of a sudden they've got these two young quarterbacks in there who have never played basically who are primarily running the ball and so it it's sort of I think through Northwestern a little bit off balance, especially in the first half. Yeah, and I think, you know, what we talked about last week or, or previously, you know, you, th- you knew Northwestern was going to come out very emotional, right? And after those first two drives, I think it was, you know, it was a three and out and definitely a punt and then a score. You were like, all right, this game's going to be 45 nothing, And then very, very quickly, <laughs> uh, as Ben noted, they just kind of shot themselves in the foot and had drive-killing plays over and over to punt it back and the defense in the first half really stood on its head i mean talk about unbelievable job ben but no don't break with those two you know fourth uh, goal line stands on fourth down and then you know making you know big plays with turnovers but it was just one of those games where you looked up at the scoreboard and i think it was nine nothing in the first half and it felt like it probably should have been 24 nothing mm-hmm. and those are the games that you lose right when you do everything right you know you you don't take care of, of big opportunities and keep people in the game, um, but fortunately for Northwestern, uh, the the pretty card, starting quarterback wasn't playing, and I, that that showed up pretty quickly in the second half. 
Um, when you watch those guys play it from Purdue, they'll be good players, but especially Brown, it was mm-hmm. very clear he was too emotional. And I was, I was the people I was watching the game with. I just said, "Look, he's going to start turning them all over. He's just way too emotional." Um, and that's what happened. So, you know, Ben, Ben kind of let him hang around at the end of the game with that last pick, but it was pretty much in hand in the second half as as they continue to make big plays when they need to. Yeah, no, no doubt. And you know what amazes me with this team, and we've seen it several times, is their ability to make stops in uh, short yardage, goal-to-go situations. Because they did it, uh, and I mean, they stopped Purdue a couple of times in those uh, short yardage, including that fourth and goal at the one, just as they did against Maryland a few games ago. And And then when they need a play late in the game, we saw it against Maryland. Coco Ozma comes up with a pick. Saturday, Xander Mueller comes up with an interception to kill Purdue's last drive. And that's that's the kind of thing you need a team to do. If you want to go to a bowl game, you want to win a lot of football games, you need to be that kind of a team. And I think we've seen that from them this year. Yeah. I mean, they, they've always stepped up when they needed to and make the, the big plays when they need to. And, and again, they, they just continue outside of that one big run not to give up big plays. And again, that's a, that's a recipe for to win pretty much every game you play um, or be in every game you play and have a chance to win, which, which they've been. So again, credit to the defense and, and coach Braun for, for, you know, what they developed this year. All right. Before we get to Illinois and before we get to super Joe's predictions, the other big story this week was finally getting the approval of the Evanston city council for the construction of the new Ryan Field. Uh, Dan, you've spent hours and hours and hours in the old Ryan Field, as have I. Tried to to add it up. I didn't even venture a guess this past weekend thinking how many Saturdays in my adult life, let alone my college life, that I spent in that place. And and look, I loved it. A lot of great memories there. Uh, but time marches on, and and they need this stadium. They've needed it for a while, and I'm excited to to think about a couple of years from now, uh, whenever they actually start the construction, which hopefully will be soon, the demolition and then the construction, and going into a brand new Ryan Field. We've all seen the schematics. We've seen the designs. I mean, it's it's just going to be tremendous, and I, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a great experience for the fans. As somebody who played there, where do you stand on this? Yeah, similar to you, right? It's you have a lot of great memories, and it's a great stadium. But you know, I, I think from a fan perspective, especially for the bigger games, it, it became challenging from a concession standpoint, bathroom standpoint, um, and and just just an older, you know, bleacher stadium, right? And so I think it was it was overdue for an update. And and again, as we talked about last week, when you look at those renderings, um, it gets you really excited. Um, so obviously, you can need to continue to put a good good product on the field to fill that stadium mm-hmm. um but i think you know look at look at the basketball team's blueprint right you know right. they, they continued to to play well and, and had a great year last year and the the atmosphere at welsh ryan last year and this year so far have been you know unbelievable right so i think if you can if you can mimic that success and that blueprint um with the the you know 21st century and beyond facility uh it's huge it's huge for the the neighborhood and and the community and and it was kind of the last 
um, thing that needed to be figured out from the facilities planet from Northwestern Athletics. Well, the other thing to be figured out now, and this is going to be the challenge, and they haven't officially announced where the team will play while it's displaced from Ryan Field. I think the general assumption is, and the speculation has focused on two venues mainly, and that's Soldier Field and Wrigley Field, but there are challenges with both of those. Uh, but obviously, it it's you got to find a place to play these games right and it's got to be uh, a place that's convenient for your your fans your ticket holders and so i i think in the big scheme of things even though it's going to be uh difficult for a couple of years it's going to be challenging it's something you have to go through the basketball team had to go through it uh for one year when they played at all-state arena and if if the cats are playing at Soldier Field some games or Wrigley Field some games and perhaps another venue in the area for the next few years, then it's something I think you have to deal with because the payoff at the end is going to make it worth it. Yeah, it's going to be challenging. There's really no way to get around it. And unfortunately, when the basketball team went through it, they they were coming off a huge year and and had a little bit of a down year and. Um, you know, traveling to Allstate Arena made it a little bit worse for them. Um, so I think Northwestern is going to have to get creative and have to, you know, put together a great schedule to, to get people in the stands, right? I think, you know, the the playing at, at Soldier Field and, and Wrigley, um, you know, is, is a special opportunity. Uh, but when you do it for, for two straight years, there, there might be a little bit of luster that falls off of it. So I think it's the athletic department and, and the players are going to have to find a way to, to, to get people in the stands. And the best way to do that is to have a great team, right? People start to show up when you're, when you're doing well. Yep. No question about that. All right. Saturday, it's the Wildcats and the Fighting Illini in Champaign. Uh, this is uh, a rivalry that uh, has extended. This will be the 117th meeting between Northwestern and Illinois, and it will be the 15th time they play for the Land of Lincoln Trophy. The Wildcats have won it in nine of the previous 14 meetings. But the last two years, it's been all Illinois by a combined score of 88-17, to 17, a 41-3 to 3 win for the Illini last year in uh, Ryan Field. So you just know there are a lot of guys on this team who remember that and who've had this game circled on their calendar. Illinois, meantime, needs a win to become bowl eligible themselves. Cats are already bowl eligible. So I I just have a feeling, Dan, this is going to be one of the better matchups between Northwestern and Illinois we've seen in a while. Because if you remember the last six years, uh, or the last uh, eight years, the Cats won six and most of them were pretty lopsided over Illinois. And then Illinois won two lopsided games the last two years. But I go back to, what was it, 2011 and in Champaign, and I believe you were quarterbacking in that game against the Fighting Illini, a game that went right down to the wire. I, I think you probably remember, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to go there, do you? Uh, no, well, yeah, it was yeah, it was my first game back, and we played well, but unfortunately gave up a lead, and, and they 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 came back and won. But um, you know, credit to them for for playing and, and and taking advantage of some opportunities in the fourth quarter. But no, I, I agree with you. I think you know the first thing I was going to say when you when you started talking about Illinois was it, it just has the games haven't been close 
what it feels like has been a decade, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it was Northwestern or, or Illinois, the, the games were just never close. And I, I do agree that I think both of these teams are, are pretty good. You know, Illinois got off to a little bit of a rough start um, with some injuries and whatnot, but they seem to be pretty healthy. Um, and Coach Biloma is a great coach, right? You know, he's, he's turned that program around pretty quickly. Um, and he knows this is a very important game from a recruiting and rivalry standpoint. So, yeah, I, and I think it's huge because of the bowl eligibility, right? right. Northwestern is trying to improve their position, and, and um, Illinois is trying to, to fight and claw to, to stay together for one more month. So, yeah, I, I think it's a huge game. Um, we'll see how the attendance is at Memorial Stadium. I don't, I don't think it'll be great after Thanksgiving. So, um, you know, the, I think both teams are going to play really, really hard, and I don't. I highly doubt Northwestern will, will come out flat because of you know the way they've been playing. No doubt, no doubt, and and look, Illinois probably should have won at Iowa last week. They played well in that game. Certainly defensively, they played well. Um, yeah, a lot of teams walk away from playing the Hawkeyes saying that. I think that they they think they should have won the game, but they had won their two games, a couple of nail-biters before that at Minnesota, a, a late touchdown. Uh, of course, they kicked a field goal to beat Maryland on the final play and beat Indiana in overtime the week before the Iowa game. So uh, this, I think it's going to be a great game Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see if the Cats can recapture that land of Lincoln trophy. Let's uh, right now get to Super Joe's predictions. Prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future. Super, Super Joe's, Joe's predictions. predictions. Thank you, gentlemen. First and foremost, a big congratulations to Coach David Braun on having the interim tag removed from his title. An additional shout out to the entire program on clinching bowl game eligibility. Speaking of bowl game eligibility, three Big Ten teams are playing at home with a potential postseason berth on the line. The Illini, as you know, are laying five and a half points in Champaign against our Cats. Nebraska is a two and a half point favorite on Friday against Iowa, who clinched their spot in the Big Ten championship game last week. And finally, the Golden Gophers of Minnesota catching two points in Minneapolis against Wisconsin at 2.30 Saturday on Fox Sports 1. Minnesota is currently on a three-game losing streak, but they beat the rival Badgers in back-to-back seasons. Give me the home dog to keep Paul Bunyan's axe in the Twin Cities. Or at least stay within two points. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Gobble. Same to you, Super Joe. Gobble, gobble. And uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Saturday in Champaign, 2.30 p.m. Uh, Dan, uh, what's on the menu for you for Turkey Day? Oh man, everything. Turkey, <laughs> stuffing, potatoes, uh, some some beverages. Um, everything I see, I will eat and drink. So it'll be a lot of fun. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. So um, a little bit less pressure than, than Christmas. Everybody gets together and watches football and eats. Yep. My favorite thing. Yeah. I mean, how can you go wrong, right? Well, listen, exactly. have a great have a great holiday. We'll get together again before the bowl game. And once we know who the cats are playing and where they're playing and when they're playing, we'll we'll uh, talk about what's been a, a really uh, surprising and and really fulfilling season so far. And we'll see what happens this week. But have a great holiday. All right. You too. All right. Many thanks to our producer. Jack Heinrich, thanks to Super Joe for his predictions. Thanks to Ben Bryant for joining us as well. 
For Dan Persa, I'm Dave Edit. Don't forget, we'll have the game on WGN Radio. 2.30 kickoff from Champaign. We'll be on the air 2 o'clock Central Time Saturday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and we'll talk to you from Champaign.